right, guys, before we count down to our top seven, we want to know what you guys are counting. Are you counting your pennies? Are you counting the pile of bills sitting on your coffee table? Maybe you're into a decent cash flow and you're counting the amount of investment opportunities in front of you. No matter what you're counting, I've got a man that you can count on. Patrick Conton at Freedom 55 is a financial advisor that can make you feel at ease during this time of unrest and long after. He can help you figure out how to manage your money and how to prepare for future emergencies and be ready for or even create exciting opportunities for your financial well-being. For a free consultation with no obligations whatsoever, call 705-358-8793 or go to www.facebook.com slash Patrick Advisor for more information. Patrick Conton at Freedom 55. Mike, how you doing? Um, I'm sitting. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And boom goes the dynamite. Uh, there we go. Well, let me uh, grab my glass and cheers you as well, my friend. That is the sound of the cracking open of a hundredth meridian, baby. At the hundredth meridian is where the great plains begin. This is exactly where the great. Th- thank you for that. Uh, this is my favorite band of all time. So. Maybe maybe a bonus yep. episode. We'll do a top seven tragic hip songs one day. I wish, dude. I I, I won't lie to you because uh, that is one other thing that you and I have in common. We're big. We're both big hip fans. I wish we could find a a connection between the wrestling world and the tragical hip. We don't even need to. You know what? I'm putting it out there right now, Mike. We're gonna do a bonus episode at some point, and we're gonna put together our dream tragically hip set list. And if well, you like I- it. You listen to it. And if you don't, hey, no harm. I'm sure he never has the time in his life uh, to listen to the show, uh, and I don't hold it against him. But if my buddy Jeff DeHaan is listening right now, the only the only thing he loves almost as much as wrestling is the tragical hip. So he'll be all over that shit. Well, Jeff DeHaan, if you're not listening to the show, I am holding it against you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, let me just uh, do a quick shout-out to our uh, Facebook and Instagram, Counted Out 7. Um, on Instagram, it's counted out with the number seven, and on Facebook, it is counted out with the word seven spelled out. We got to get some more followers on there. Let's get some more people jumped out. Can we hit on that for a second? You, you know why we fucking have to use the no, the number seven or the, yeah, the word? Let's, let's talk about this. Like, like this has been bugging me for weeks. Ever since we we tried to get the domain, we lost out our our regular domain, which is counted out seven with the number seven to some punk band in like Wisconsin or some shit. And they haven't updated their page since 2016. Yeah. So if any of you guys that are listening to this know how we can get that domain name, hit me up because I need to know because everything else is counted out with a seven. I mean, Either that or that band, that band needs to shit or get off the pot. That's Either right. Either do something on your page or fucking give up the domain, goddammit. That's right. I agree, man. 
Um, so big thanks also to our guest last week, Jay. Uh, he was a great guest. I got a lot of good feedback on the show. We went we went Broadway last week, buddy. Yeah, we 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 definitely did Broadway last week. Uh, our longest show to date, but uh, didn't feel like it, man. Those two hours fucking flew by. They did fly uh, for, for for us, anyways. And the feedback I'm getting, I, I heard back from a couple guys that listened to the show, and they really dug the whole thing. Um, one good friend of our of the show, Adam Conton, actually said uh, the J fit in with us so well. He was the best third man since Hogan. I love it. <laughs> he's he's a lot cooler than Hogan. Will. <laughs> I haven't seen Jay's sex tape yet, so <laughs> I might be able to pull some strings. I'll see what I can do for you, Mike. I mean, it might get him some more gigs, right? Uh, you know, times are tough. Coronavirus. Jay, if you're looking for work, Mike and I, oh, we're going to find you some work. Okay, buddy? Yeah, you, you don't want to be making a sex tape during coronavirus. That's all I'm no. going to say. Well, this is kind of a weird segue into that, but uh, let's talk about Becky Lynch. Yeah, so uh, yeah, good way to start it off. Uh, so with some with some nice news for once, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Um, yeah. So unless you're living under a rock, uh, it was uh, beautifully discovered on Monday that uh, that that Becky had relinquished the title because she is expecting. How did you How did you enjoy the segment overall, Mike? All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna forego this by saying that you and I talked about this the night of. But we talked about it before I actually watched the segment. I I read about it. I, I read uh, something that a journalist had written, you know, about the segment. And right away, my first thought was, well, what the fuck? Like, like, like why, why did they just hand it to Oscar? Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I was pissed. I got, then I got home and I watched the segment. My mind was changed completely. I agree, a hundred percent, man. What a great way to, what a great spin that they put on that. Um, the fact that because one thing that wasn't put in the article I wrote or I read was that Becky, you know, pre- uh, preceded this this whole thing with you. You didn't know this, but that last night's match wasn't for the Money in the Bank. Last night's match was for this title. Brilliant. That that makes all the difference. That line right there. That makes all the difference. She didn't hand Becky the title, or she didn't hand Asuka the title. She gave the t- she gave Asuka what she earned the night before. That's so, a totally different story. I, I was a huge fan. I thought Asuka was hilarious running around and celebrating. Um, I thought Becky's line was brilliant at the end as well, where uh, you, go, you go be the warrior, I'll be the mom. Yeah, I loved every part of that. Um I learned today, very early this morning, it was broke that uh, um, that whole segment was complete kayfabe. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Asuka, Asuka had no idea she was getting getting the title. You could kind she of was tell. Just told, Asuka, Asuka was told to go to the ring. That's all she was told to do. She was told to go to the ring and stay in character. Well, and I know they pre-recorded it as well, so I guess what a what a great way to do that because you have the leeway to to edit it if it didn't work out the way they and wanted. How cool, you know. Number one, it shows that Becky and Asuka must be very good friends. Yeah, uh, you know, because because Becky looked Becky Becky looked honored to be able to tell Asuka that you know the way she did, and then Asuka's. Uh, reaction to it was just so genuine. 100. percent You took the words you, out of you my know, mouth. She almost, 
she, like she looked like she she had to replay in her mind like what did i just hear you know wait did you say mom you're gonna be a mom you know she played it off so well but she still didn't break character yeah you know uh she she's a consummate professional um i've all, i already loved asuka I, I think i love her just a little bit more after that segment no i agree i agree with everything you're saying man something that uh I don't know what your take is on it, but something that I did not love was the Money in the Bank pay-per-view match. All right. Um, we're going to go right into this thing. I did not watch the entire pay-per-view. No, I fast-forwarded 90% of it. I only watched the main event. Um, I'll be honest with you, the the uh, focus for me on that on that Sunday night was just getting to that, to that Undertaker documentary. Oh, what a great documentary! Uh, uh, that, that's all I cared to see that night. Um, but the uh, the money in the bank. Now I watched it two days late. I didn't watch it until Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. It took me that long, and in that time, it gave me time to, of course, read reviews what people were saying and. Of course, I heard you voice your opinion on our on our Facebook page, and the only person I think in the whole world that was saying anything nice about it was was our listener Stephen Bourne. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. And, and good for him. I'm glad he liked it, uh, and I was really hoping to be on his side. I really was. Um, I think friend of the show Adam Conta. I I, I think he kind of hit it on the fucking head when he said that it was just like it wasn't terrible. It was just really disappointing like it was it, it was just underwhelming i think the word he used was yeah and um, you know they, they had so much they could have done and, and they kind of just kind of didn't well let's be real too your expectations are high coming off of the boneyard match and coming off really of the, the the firehouse funhouse match you know what i mean those two yeah, matches they're, really the, they're the same. And I, I thought they were going to do great things i truly did um I can tell you right now, watching that thing, I kept booking it in my head over and over again. I'd be like, well, that's not what I would have done. I would have done. And I try not to do that. When I watch wrestling, I try so hard not to armchair book, but I couldn't help it in this match. I just thought it was over and over again. I just thought it was a miss. I thought the comedy didn't work. Uh, Brother Love didn't work for me. That fake doink didn't work for me. I thought Vince was okay. Okay, okay. Let, let, let's hit on some of these things. The, the, I don't understand the doink thing. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna put doink in a match, put doink in the match. Don't put some dude in a fucking polo shirt in a in a half ass fucking nine dollar knockoff mask in the corner uh, of the room. Basically, what we're learning. What the- is don't half-ass a joint account for Mike, or he will get fired the fuck out. Don't don't half-ass anything. This is a multi-billion-dollar fucking company. They can fucking afford to put this guy in a goddamn costume. Jesus Christ! Steve Lombardi still works for the company. He, you know what I mean? No, he's put gone. Not- I think. I think he got. He, Does he not work? For I think he got released a few years ago. Oh, okay. I didn't know. But if he was to come back, it would have to be as kimchi, anyways. Come on. Anyways, uh, yeah, little things like that just didn't work. Um, you mentioned the brother love thing. That was weird. The thing for me was the Johnny Ace thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. It didn't. It just didn't make sense. He just comes out, people power. It, it was out of place. It didn't make any sense. Oh, I think the only comedy get. I think the only comedy thing that kind of worked for me was the Vince McMahon thing. 
I thought the Vince thing, I thought he was used terribly. I thought him and Stephanie both were used terribly in it. I, uh, it just made AJ and Brian look like little bitches, and they made Dana Brooke look like a bigger idiot than they portray her on the show already. Yeah. Like, it just, it was a miss for me. And, and to top it all off, um, um, they threw off Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof. So now what? Are they, uh, not since 1995 and the Giant took a spill off Cobalt Hall. They're stealing the Giants gimmick now. Only to, ha- only to have them come back, like, less than 24 hours later? To me, like, now, if you want, and I'm going to steal this from you, Mike, because you said this on our Facebook page. You want a comedy spot that works for me? You have those guys get up on the roof and have Hogan and, and the Giant in a monster truck. And, right. and that's a throwback that would work for me, and I think that would have been hilarious. Or, or or do the WCW thing. You can you, you know we threw back to this a few weeks ago, but the whole um, uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan, you know, finding the belt in a, in a different trash can in a different city in a different arena. Well, what it, by that logic? That means the the giant can still be hanging on the side of the building all these years later. <laughs> I said it once. I'll say it again. Fuck you, WCW year two thousand. <laughs> last thing i want to touch on is uh otis all right let's let, let's touch on otis let's talk about otis for a second first of all i think we can both agree uh asco getting getting the the briefcase makes sense fine yeah no problem I'm, with I'm that. very i'm happy with that Asuka, okay good Asuka's earned it she's been great yeah um now let's talk about otis before we talk about the finish of the match I want to say I have zero problem with Otis winning that match. Okay. I have no problem with it. So so give me a reasoning on why, because I disagree with you. I, I, I just don't, I just don't care enough. Like, like it's, to me, it, it doesn't bother me that they want to push him is what no, I mean. I agree. Now, yeah, you want, he's now does this, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I already have a huge prediction of how this is going to play out. And it does not end with Otis with a t- with a championship around his fucking belt. Uh, around it. Do you think he cashes in on the tag team title? I I don't think he cashes in at all. You think Mandy does something? No. So here's what I think. It, uh, we can all admit it was a fucky finish. Yes. A- AJ releases the fucking briefcase. It falls down and and Otis catches it. I guarantee AJ is going to bring up something and, and and saying that I really released that briefcase. I won that match. He's going to he's going to be able to challenge Otis for the briefcase. He's going to win. He's going to become Mr. Money in the Bank. I hope so. That's what's going to happen. Um, which, if I'm not mistaken, you, uh, uh, as I've become to call you, Mr. Encyclopedia 2, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that hasn't happened since Edge beat Mr. Mr. Kennedy for the uh, Money in the Bank. That's the only time I can remember it happening. I know they had a couple matches for it, but uh, I know Sandow and Cody fought for it, but Sandow kept it. I know RVD put yeah. his on the line as well, uh, and he kept it. But I believe that uh, Kennedy was the only one to lose his, yes. Okay. So that's what I think is going to happen. I I. I think this was a way of pushing Otis without pushing Otis. I just, I don't get it. 
I, I think Otis has been great. And I'm, I'm not saying this to bash Otis because I think he's been very entertaining. I think his storyline has been great with Mandy Rose. I just don't think this is the spot for too, him. I think it's too early for a I'm – I'm not going to say that a guy like him should not be in the main event spot ever. I think the majority of the guys always deserve like, – like as long as you're a hard worker, you deserve some sort of chance to prove that you can do it. But – how long has Otis been on the main roster? Not long enough for this. No, and then, and then, aside from that, how long has he been a solo performer? Also, not long enough for this. No. Um. Here's my second question: With Otis doing what he's doing now, and if he goes on to keep doing like programs with AJ or you know anything revolving around the championship, what happens to his partner? Uh... Does he, does he... Remind me, what's his name? I can't remember. I think it's Marty Janetti. I'm not sure. (laughs) Tucker. His name is Tucker. (laughs) Tucker. Had a a moment there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Question, does he he get Janetti? I think he's already Janetti. Where is he? What is he doing? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Speaking of where is he, you said you wanted to talk about Sting. Yeah, I want to talk about Sting real quick before we go into this, uh, into our list today. But um, it's been announced that Sting is no longer contracted by the WWE. Um, And it is rumored that he's walking away from any sort of relationship that they may, may may have right now. Now, I don't want to get into who's going to sign him or who, you know, where, where, where is he going to go uh, based on what each company should do? Cause of course he's fucking sting. Anybody would be lucky enough to have him in their company one way or another. Here's my, here, here, here's my question for you. If you are Steve Borden, if you're sting, what do you do? Do you want to know what I would honestly do if I was sting? Yeah. I would just kick my feet up and enjoy the life that I've earned. Do you think Sting can do that? No. If I was him, no. I wouldn't do anything unless I get offered a, a one of those cinema matches with The Undertaker. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go and wrestle somewhere. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying he's not going to. Uh, because, I mean, if, if, if my last match was that piece of shit match with Seth Rollins, I wouldn't be happy either. Yeah, but he did some damage uh, to his neck in that match, man. You don't want to take a exactly. chance anymore. He doesn't need to. Uh, so I'm not saying he's going to or not going to, but what I'm saying is he could go somewhere and work in some sort of capacity. I mean, look look at over in AEW right now. You, you got you got DDP, you got Arn Anderson, you got Tully Blanchard, you got you got Jake the Snake Roberts, all doing, you know, non wrestling gigs. So where do you put Sting then? Do you see Sting managing somebody? You put him with Darby Sting, Allen? Sting, Sting does not go to AEW. It's too fucking. It's too fucking full of legends right now. It'd be stupid if if he did go there. He better not see a goddamn minute of TV time. Use his knowledge behind the scenes. Not that they need him either, because they have a bunch of guys there. I don't think Sting, Sting needs to go to AEW. If he's not going, if to I'm AEW, saying I don't go to AEW. if he's not going to AEW and he's not going to WWE, he shouldn't be going anywhere. I think that's it. Okay. Well, I have two. I, I have two uh, two uh, trains of thought here. He's got a, he's got a, a legacy and a history with the company of the NWA. Okay. 
go sign some sort of legend deal. They they could pay him a lot of fucking money just to use his fucking face. Yeah, that's not a bad option. The they have the money. Legend, you know what I mean? Just pay him to be fucking Sting. When when the money comes around and they have a fucking video game, put Sting in that fucking video game. You start uh, wanting to do old school DVDs uh, and do anything that they that they own. I don't know what they own of the NWA right now because I know Vince owns part of the uh, the library. Whatever they own, throw fucking Sting's face on everything. Remind ball. people. Remind people. The Stinger used, you know, he was ours before he was anybody else's. It's not a bad call. Stinger is the NWA. Yeah, it's not a bad call. And then, and then my, second, my second train of thought the man was impact, dude. Nah, you should have quit while you're ahead, Mike. I don't want to see him go back. No. I, and I'm not saying on an on screen role, I'm saying that uh, you go put him right beside uh, Don Callis and, and uh, Scotty Demore. And you put, you put him right between there in an executive role. I mean, like being associated with things. People, this man has been around the business more than uh, longer than almost anybody else. Learn from him. Yeah, but does he want to teach though? Well, that's a very good question. Just like you said, like, like, like for all we know, he just wants to go put his fucking feet up. And God damn it, if anyone's deserved it, it's, it's the fucking stinger. Well, and that kind of leads me to my segue. The next guy I want to talk about, too. He's had his feet up for a while. Looks like he's uh, been training for a comeback. Mike Tyson is going to be showing up in AEW. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, the, the, the news broke like yesterday or the day before. And uh, I don't know. It kind of fell flat for me. I, I was just like, like, I didn't get it. I, I'm not going to say it fell flat. It didn't excite me. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, look what AEW did. To me, it, it's a, it, for me, AEW, and people are going to say I'm biased because I'm not an AEW fan, but I think it reeks of desperation. So um, let, me, but, uh, let me sidebar yeah. question you here. Have you been following yeah. much of Mike Tyson right now? Do you know, well, do you know well, that was, what I was going to get into next? Yes, because I am a massive Mike Tyson fan. Okay. All right. I think you and I have discussed this on the full, uh, on the on the podcast before that I do consider Mike Tyson to be the greatest fighter ever to put on gloves, yeah. ever. Okay, and I am I am counting Foreman, I am counting Lewis, I am counting Muhammad Ali himself. Mike Tyson is the greatest fighter to ever fight. This includes boxing. This includes MMA. This includes every fucking martial art. Mike Tyson is the greatest fighter in. History. Just, for, just uh, as never... a side disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed uh, by Mike are not those no, no, uh, reflected by Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. You will never, ever, ever, ever change my mind on that. Never. So, yes, to answer your question, I have been following what Mike Tyson has been up to. He looks um, scary. Mike Tyson, at the age of 56 years old, will still murder you by fucking sneezing on you. There is a, and that's not a good joke. There's a lot of hype in a Mike Tyson comeback right now. And I think AW. He is 100% coming back. You have people from every fucking walk of life challenging him now. Vander Holyfield. Uh, Tyson Fury's dad challenged him. It's crazy. Like, how fucking weird is that? So now think about it. If you're AW, Tyson's got momentum going. This is a great pickup for them, in my opinion. And as long as the end result is not him locking out, knocking out Lance Archer, 
I don't give a fuck what they do with him. Because I know he's going to present this that out. Be, that would be stupid. Because that would be terrible booking, and I'll have a big problem with that. But if you have Mike yeah. Tyson hand, you know, Cody or Archer that belt, I think that's a great first impression for that belt. They're, they're trying to push Archer as one of the next big, you know, great big men. You don't knock him out. That's it. And, and that, that will be you a big problem. I don't do that. And speaking of, yeah. well, I guess it's not really speaking knocked out, but the last point I wanted to bring up before we get into our list today, In Your House is coming back. All right. Listen, we should have talked about this first. That way I had time to let my boner go away before we got into the list. Crazy, right? I came in my pants. You're the one who sent me the fucking logo picture. I was at work. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't around for the announcement. And I knew that William Regal was going to make this announcement, uh, a certain announcement. I didn't know what it was. You sent me this fucking picture. I came in my pants. Then I get home and I find out that William Regal didn't make the announcement. Degeneration X made the announcement. And they fucking referenced the fucking hog pen match. And I came in my pants. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, dude. Okay. Well, I'm spoiling it for you. That's okay. But it's, it's, it's Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Road Dog all hanging out in the uh, production truck of uh, for of NXT, and uh, they're talking about the 25th anniversary of uh, uh, of In Your House, and they talk about how sh- who, uh, how Shawn had a match on that card, and uh, Double J uh, Double J Jesse Jones fought Jeff Jarrett on that card. And then he pointed at Triple H and said, you had a match on that card, didn't you? He goes, uh, fuck no, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, you did. You fired your guard. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I like that. That's great. That like fucking that. great moment segment. Uh, loved it. Uh, I think we talked about this last week with Jay, how I'm actually a big fan of the Hogman match. So uh, it was cool for them to reference that. They must have been um, listening to our show. Your house is a massive massive piece of history um, that anybody who is not our age doesn't remember. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's the kind of thing I almost feel like, I, I don't know if you're, if you're a young kid and you're trying to learn about wrestling and, and you're growing up, it's not the same to go back and watch the in your houses. You had to grow up with the in your houses. Yeah. Because we came from an era of four pay-per-views a year which then became five pay-per-views a year with, with, uh, with the addition of uh, King of the Ring. And then all of a sudden, they would throw in a couple extras, and it was like, what, eight or ten a year. And, and these extras were called In Your House. Every couple months, we'd get an In Your House. And they were only like, what, two hours long in the beginning? Very shorter, yeah. Very sh- shorter pay-per-views. Yeah. They were shorter. They were cheaper. They were, they were only $20. And some of them were really fucking good. And they, they paved the way for some of the, the pay-per-views that you would grow to, to know over the, the course of the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era. Um, what, what were all, um, what pay-per-views, that, that, you know, were mainstays that started off as in your houses? Uh, Bad Blood? Bad Blood. Fully one that comes to my mind. Uh, fully Loaded. Um, Backlash, I believe, was originally one. I don't. I could be wrong. I don't know about Backlash. That one's on the fence. Fully Loaded for sure was. Bad Blood for sure was. 
Um, but they just had they were theme pay per views though. You know, you had mind games, you had good friends, bitter enemies. Like they were they were theme pay per views built around the main event. Around the main event, and they and they they were fantastic. They were all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Just like any uh, any year worth of, in wrestling, there were some hits and misses. Not every fucking in your house was great, but a lot of them were really good. They were good shows. Um, the two things that I want to point out about this is number one, I think that it's the right move that NXT is doing this instead yes. of the main roster. Yes. I think this is uh, NXT has got the credibility and the respect that I think will make this a instead of a laughing stock joke that the main roster would do. Um, the other thing, and, and I'll give a shout out to uh, to Jay from last week as well. He texted me and said they better have the fucking house there. So there's three things I got to say that, that, that it's a missed opportunity if they don't do it. Number one, they have to have that set, just like Jay said. Yeah. They need that set. Number two, it's got to be fucking hosted by Todd Pettengill and Doc Hendricks. I mean, I don't have a problem and, with that at all. And I'm not talking about Michael P.S. Hayes. I'm talking about Doc fucking Hendricks. Well. Oh, yeah. And then number three, they got to raffle off the house. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're going to raffle the house off again like they did in the 25 first 25 years ago. 25 years ago, they fucking raffled off a goddamn house. It's a new house, man. <laughs> Got to do it again. Just for your point about Todd Pentengill, by the way, he was on the their show, the WWE Bump, this week. Oh, great! Because oh. he did the uh, they um, they did something on the network like uh, a best of in your house a couple years ago, and he and he hosted it. I mean, he's, he's there. He's there. Bring him in, man. Bring him in. At least for one backstage uh, interview, you know? I mean, you can't bring in Sean Mooney, so you, you might as well bring in Todd Benton. Yo. Fair. Uh, that's all the news I kind of wanted to touch on today. You got anything you want to add in there? No, I think we hit the big ones. We hit everything I wanted to hit. Um, now, if um, if you forget from last week or you didn't watch or you didn't listen last week um we mentioned at the end of the show this week's show we're talking about teddy biasi uh all right we're talking about the yeah yeah not just teddy biasi we are talking about the million dollar man that gimmick exclusively not not ted's entire career uh, and we're doing this of course because uh because tyler thought it, it went hand in hand of course with the money in the bank uh, gimmick best money man of all time now, here's the thing, uh, second only to JBL. Uh, oh, debatable. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I had, a, uh, I had a crisis of self this week. I had a crisis of, of belief this week. I don't even, I look at myself, I don't even know who I am anymore. Because up until this week, I always considered myself to be a pretty big Ted DiBiase fan. And then I did this list. Yeah, you weren't happy with uh, with this. Yeah. This list was hard. This list was really hard. And I think I realized because I'm not as big of a Ted DiBiase fan as I thought I was. Well, and before we, we go into that even a little more, the, the list is going to be the top seven million dollar man moments. So that could be a match. So, and, and, not even, and not even that, I, I've had to go outside the moment thing. Um, I think the list truly is the top seven 
things I really like about the, about the Billion Dollar Man. Yeah, we're not. We're kind of just being broad on this one. It's not going to be best matches. Yeah, it's not going to be. On this one. Um, because I hate to say it, but I can't pick. I can't find seven good DiBiase matches. Yeah, he's they're there. You just got to search for them because they're there. I'm sure, like especially in the '80s, they're there. Well, the thing with DiBiase though is that he always had them in the- he always had very good matches, but he never had that that one match where you look back and it's like, holy fuck, you got to see the Million Dollar Man versus this guy. You know what I mean? He just always had great matches, but there there was never yeah. that there was never that stand up. Never shit in the ring. He was a good hand. But I, I don't know. I, I thought I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah. And I think it's because he was part of my childhood and he had that fucking theme song. And he, you know, he, and he was so out there, he was so flashy. And, you know, he was the million dollar man. I think if I was 10 years older when I was watching Million Dollar Man, I think I'd be remembering him a bit different. See, and for me, I, I started out being like, huh, like, I don't know if I was a big DiBiase fan like I remember. And I started going through the uh, my list. And, and we're going to talk about a little bit of format change that we're doing as well starting this week. Uh, when I was putting together my notes for this, I was like, damn, man, DiBiase did some real cool shit. I'm on the exact opposite end of you right now. Well, that I, I wish this was your fucking week then. Well, don't worry. I'm going to be here with the... Uh, to jump in and add some points. So, well, you're you're, you're going to clean my mess because uh, we're gonna, this week I'm telling you. Well, and for those, uh, so what we're going to start doing going forward is uh, we're not going to do uh, two lists at the end. So if this is Mike's week, this is going to be his list at the end. Before uh, after his number one, I'm going to fill in with honorable mentions because um, we're kind of spoiling our number ones almost on a weekly basis. I've found. Yeah, not to mention it'll kill. It'll cut ten minutes off the show. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We're going Broadway these days, man. <laughs> Two hours is long uh, enough. If people want more. We're going three or four. And if you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> imagine we were doing list of ten, man. I told Jesus. you. I told you right from the beginning. Seven is the perfect number. And speaking of seven, lay on me your number seven, man. All right. Good segue. Good segue. Um, my number seven is that one time Ted DiBiase paid to have a public school, a public pool closed down so he could be in it all by himself. I love that. I love that. What a fun segment, eh? Well, these are, and these were some of his just vignettes in general, um, that he would do. We're going to talk about vignettes today, I find. I think so too, because they were great. And I'm going to try, try to find a couple of them and post them on our Facebook page as well. I'm going to say that he probably had. I'd say I, I would rank him number two for the guys who had the greatest vignettes. Mr. Perfect number one? Mr. Perfect number one. All right, I thought I was going to have to find a new co-host if you didn't say that. <laughs> actually, you know, Yeah, he's second, he's second only to Mr. Perfect. Uh, and actually, before we kind of dive into your list a bit more, I, I took a couple bit, a couple notes on DiBiase that I thought were interesting. Did you know that he was trained by Terry and Dory Funk? I didn't know that, no. Uh, I was not aware of that. He debuted this gimmick in 1987 after having a very successful run with the Mid-South promotion, Bill Watts. Um, did, did he debut in WWF? He debuted the Million Dollar Man gimmick in the WWF, which segues into my next okay. point. Vince McMahon told him that if he were to ever be a professional wrestler, this would be the gimmick he would give himself. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. 
I feel like I heard he, I heard that in an interview before. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe I saw an interview once where he basically called himself he he considered himself a combination of the Million Dollar Man and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Vin, Vince Vince Flato said this is this is who I if I were a wrestler, what you're doing is what I would be doing. Um, and he wanted him to live the gimmick, man. Vince would give him wads of cash, and he would say, "If you're out at the bar, I want you to buy rounds of drinks for the whole bar. You know, you're only traveling in a limousine." Ted Ted got some heat from the boys for some of that, you know, because Vince wanted well, to, he wanted well, to be the million dollar man. The late eighties, early nineties. That's the way it was. You lived the gimmick. You you know, uh, I mean, fucking ask any of the four horsemen, man. You know, they, they, they fucking, they, they talked about being jet flying while well, they showed up to shows in fucking jets, That's didn't right. they? It was important back in the day. Um, uh, so those are just a couple of points, sorry, before we get back in your list that I, that I had written down about the Million Dollar Man, which I thought were intriguing. Um, and his vignettes were a great way to introduce him, you know. I'm, I'm rich. I can do whatever I want. Everybody's got a price for me. I don't want you fucking losers swimming in this pool with me. So how much money do I have to pay you to get out? So, exactly, and it's not on my list, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my number seven a tie. I'm gonna tie two vignettes because wow. that that vignette, along with his very first vignette, the one where he's sitting in the sitting in the limo, and he and he's got a wad of cash in his hands, and he's saying, you know, people have a problem with the way I spend my money. People have a problem that I have all this money. And they say that money is the root of all evil. Well, I can tell you it's not. Having money is great. It was a great way to introduce him to the WWF. 100%, man. He's off to a hot start, too. He gets right into it when when he debuts. And I, I'm sure, I don't know where your list is going to go, so I'll hold off on a couple points. But let me, we'll move into your number six here. All right, so my number six. Oh, my number six is... Uh, Again, not a moment. It's just a thing I love about him. My number six is the fact that he, every time he beat his opponent, he'd shove money in their mouth. Nice payday for the job, boy, eh? That's it. What a, what a That's... disrespectful thing to do to somebody. Right. What was your favorite? What do you like better as a post-match gimmick? Him putting money in somebody's mouth or Rick Rude kissing women? Oh, uh, if I'm talking like what's stuck in my mind for the last 30 years, Ted DiBiase. I can I, I can close my eyes and still remember him shoving those dirty dollar bills into his fucking opponent's mouth, and it, and it stuck with those, me. It really those did. Those were hundred dollar like, bills. That's a million dollar man you're talking about. What a heel! No, I said I said I just said dirt dirty dollar, but yeah, I mean dirty because money's fucking gross, man. Disgusting. Money's dirty. Money's I don't want that shit in my mouth. But uh, he is... What a heel thing to do. What a dastardly fucking heel thing to do. Well, and I guess... It's, you know... I guess it's a good thing so, that this gimmick happened in the 80s, too. Because nowadays, what are you going to do? E-transfer him $100? <laughs> <laughs> Who carries cash anymore, right? You're you're gonna show them your fucking Apple Pay watch. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna swipe the swipe their Apple watch over his forehead or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that's my number six because I I think it really, um, it really made that character something special. 
And I liked that. You know, uh, people, you, you don't get that anymore. You haven't gotten that in the last 15, 20 years. Um, but back in the day, back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, it wasn't uh, rare for especially a heel character to do something very odd or special after the match. For example, The Undertaker would, in the beginning, would put his, uh, his opponents in body bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? We talked about Rick Rude. He would do his little spiel at the end as well. Yeah. These things would make you so different and, and put you so, you know, apart from everybody else. That's the shit. When you went home from a fucking house show in 1991, what did you fucking remember? You, you know, more than more so than the match. You remember that dirty, rotten fucking heel doing that 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 awful thing after the match, and then you remember the fucking the babyface hero getting his comeuppance at the end of the show. Those are the two things you remember, and I guarantee you walked away remembering Ted DiBiase. I think that's perfectly said, man. Why don't you move on to your number five? Number five is the creation of the million dollar title. Ah, uh, perfect. Again, what a fucking heel thing to do. You can't get your own title, so you fucking buy one. Yeah, um, and they, they they spread these vignettes out over weeks, which was, it was very yes. well done. The tease, the tease before they debuted on the Brother Love show. And I remember when they showed it for the first time, even I was like, oh, that's a nice fucking belt. <laughs> no kidding. Did, did you... you know, I was like, I was like an eight-year-old kid. I was just like, that, that, that's a nice fucking belt. Did you ever hear um, Bruce Pritchard, Pritchard's podcast that they did on the Million Dollar Man? No, I haven't. That belt got stolen out of the back of the car. Ted, oh no shit. Ted and Pritchard were were driving driving around, and they decided to pull over and go to the bar, and somebody broke in and stole it. And they were both too scared to call Vince and tell him that the twenty-five thousand dollar belt he just bought got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! But it, so 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 they they they're the beginning of that list that that includes uh, Chris Jericho and Walter. That's it. That's it. Um, that's insane. But yeah, those vignettes were great, and and you you hit the hammer right on the head, man. Ted DiBiase tried to buy the title, he didn't do it. He couldn't win it at WrestleMania four. So what does the man do that can't get what he wants? He buys what he wants. Um. And the best part about those vignettes, do you remember? Do you remember the one where he walked into the jewelry store and he was wearing a cape? Yes, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Why the fuck was he wearing a cape? No. Why wasn't he wearing a cape? <laughs> because he's million dollar fucking I'll man. You, that's if why. If I had millions of dollars, I would wear a cape everywhere I went. <laughs> that might be all I would be wearing. And then, and then, what I love is the legacy of that title too, because that that title. Um, he ended up what he he lost it to Virgil. Yeah, right? that's something that I'm hoping that we're going to talk about uh, on your list. That- and then, uh, and then later on, you know, long after you know, Ted Ted would would be gone for a while. He he would come back, and he of course very famously he would uh, manage the ringmaster. Yeah, uh, of course, no, of course, Never better known him. as Stone Cold. Steve. Oh yeah, okay. no. I. I I, I heard he did okay. Yeah, he turned out okay. That young, he's a young kid, got his break. Um, and then uh, he he put the title on Steve Austin. Uh, so the ringmaster was the, was the that, that was Steve Austin's first WWF gimmick. 
was as the million dollar champion. And of course, years later, Ted Jr. would come into the company uh-huh. and bring the title back once again. Um, so that title's got a hell of a legacy over the last 30 years. Well, and it got used in a couple good feuds too. That title's the reason why the big boss man got his face turn. Oh, fuck. I forgot right. about that. Jake, That's right. Yeah. Jake stole it. Jake the Snake stole it, and DiBiase was yeah. bullying the boss man to get it for him. The boss man told him to fuck off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good pull. I would have fucking never remembered that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so the million dollar title. That's a, uh, it's a hell of a piece of history. Absolutely, a great number five, man. Let's keep it rolling. What do you got for number four? Number four is <laughs> one of my favorite things of all time, and these are the reasons I'm just like that, that I remember like why I thought it was a Ted DiBiase fans. It's things like this. It's the time Teddy Biase challenged a little black kid to a fucking basketball dribble contest. <laughs> you want to talk about one of the greatest heels of all fucking time. This is you bring, how old do you think this kid was? Like seven, six? Yeah, I'd say seven tops. You, you bring up a seven-year-old a kid shoot, to shoot, give him a fucking basketball. Those. Hey, oh yeah, yeah, no, this is a hundred percent shoot. He they like it wasn't like Nicholas, it wasn't like a fucking you know, kid of one of the referees or something like that. He he grabbed this fucking random kid out of the out of the audience. Pure racial profiling, by the way. Of course he grabs a black kid for this. And gives him a basketball. And I can't remember what number he gave him. 16? 10, 10 or 20 or something like that and he's like you need to you need to oh yeah he only made it to 16 that was it uh he goes you have to dribble this 20 times and i'll give you i can't remember it was 100 bucks bucks, thousand bucks bucks. yeah yeah (laughs) and the kid's dribbling he makes all the way to 16 (laughs) fucking teddy biasi kicks the ball asshole eh? this kid looks so sad it it, it doesn't even try to pretend he didn't do it (laughs) i mean he's like that's, that's too bad, kid. And then Virgil mustn't get out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the kid, like, you look at that kid's face, and, and we mean it when we say this was a fucking shoot. This kid was fucking heartbroken. And I guarantee, back at Gorilla, Vince McMahon was shitting himself, just fucking... Just fucking so pleased and just being like, oh, that's such good shit. I was hoping you are going to hit that. <laughs> he was, oh, I guarantee he was tickled fucking pink with that well, segment. God knows I was. on top of that, too, like, Ted would do stuff like this on the house show, Luke. I don't know if you've ever seen the clip, but um, yeah. they, were in a, they were doing a show in Detroit or the Michigan area, and RVD was a teenager and came into the ring and kissed his foot. That's right, they that's also, right. also had a uh, very a much younger and unknown Linda McMahon do one of these skits with Ted DiBiase as well. Oh, I, I didn't can't know remember that. what what he got her to do, but yeah, it was Linda McMahon on there. But oh. this is just like, and this goes back even to like his vignettes too. This is a great classic heel move, and thank God there wasn't fucking Twitter back in this day either. Because can you imagine this? This kid's dad would be on there going, "Oh, fucking, they hurt my son," and blah blah blah. Like, fuck off. All right. I'm so happy you fucking mentioned that. Let's take a small say, uh, 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 side road here. Is MJF the new Ted DiBiase? I don't know yet. I don't know my views on MJF yet. 
I mean, he's he's got that dastardly heel, I don't give a fuck kind of deal. Uh, you know, he's not he might not be kicking uh, basketballs away from black kids, but he's sure as hell giving them the finger. I, I think he is trying too hard, though. You know what I mean? I I couldn't agree like, with I you more. I feel like it's not natural. I, not I think more. it's hilarious. Yeah. And I just think that it's it's feeling a little bit forced sometimes that hey look at I'm an asshole like I this is I'm a really a dick like I think it's a little bit forced sometimes yeah. but I, I think he's pretty funny yeah no he, he definitely has the comedy chops uh and I'm torn on how I feel about it because on some days I you know I'm that guy who'll be like fuck I miss kayfabe but then I see him and I'll be like, oh, fuck, what are you doing, dude? Why are you, why are you acting like yeah, that? Yeah, some, some of the and stuff like, goes oh, a little bit too far for my life. I, I, I said half an hour ago that I missed Cave So why am I bitching? I, I saw him you know? do a show. I went to, um, this must have been about three years ago, two or three years ago now. It's when Cody was the Ring of Honor world champion. And he did a local show okay. in, in the Whitby area, which is in close to Toronto for, for everybody that's not listening from this area. Um and MJF was on the show. I'd never seen him before. And he was like, he stuck out. You know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, like this guy's got something. Yeah. He, he's got it. Um, also, segue, since we are segueing on top of a segue now, I just mentioned uh, being around the Toronto area. I want to give a big shout out to anybody listening in the Ireland region right now. We're getting some views over there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. These are my people. Yeah, they're your people, right? These are my people. All right, proud Irish Canadian boys. Uh, the the next time any of you come over to Canada, uh, the first Guinness is on me. Hit my us boys. up on Facebook. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know. Uh, we want to we want to get you guys in the conversation. Uh, we've got about ten percent of our audiences from the Ireland area now. So cheers, boys. Uh, pour a drink. Uh, have a shot in our honor, and we're we're gonna do the same thing for you guys. That's All right. right. So that was your number four. That was my number four. Yeah, let's number we're heading up the, the big, the big top three. All right, the uh, top three. Uh, we're going to WrestleMania four in the main event. Um, actually, fuck the main event. The whole tournament. I mean, that was you know, uh, all of Ted's matches were decent. Um, the ones that he wrestled. <laughs> uh, but the main, the main event with him and Randy. Can we, can we agree? Probably the most high-profile profile match of Ted DiBiase's career. I mean, career. you're main eventing WrestleMania, absolutely. Yeah, and it's the only time he's done it. Yeah, he, um, he co-main you know, evented nine. It's, 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 it's unfortunate. I'm I'm sorry, there was a nine? <laughs> hey, the Head Shankers and the Steiner brothers had a good match on that show. <laughs> it didn't go from... It didn't go straight from fucking eight to ten and then to thirteen. <laughs> 12, 12 was a good main. We talked about 12 last week. 12 had some good shit on it. I'm not skipping 12. Uh, yeah, I know. I just like to shit on things. Oh, plus, apparently, I can't. <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, it's unfortunate that Ted's the most, the, the high profile match of his career was a loss. Uh, he did not come out on the, with the W that night. But uh, it was a great story. It was a, uh, anybody for some odd reason who hasn't watched WrestleMania four. There was a one night tournament for the championship, uh, which, which com- sorry, what's that? I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. I think I'm getting feedback near my own voice. Oh, come back. Um, 
yeah, so so this this tournament culminated, of course, with uh, Teddy Biasi versus uh, Randy Savage, and it was great. Like like it goes down as a you know memorable WrestleMania match, wouldn't you say? Um, you you look at this match a lot more fondly than I remember it being. I remember being a, a classic Ted DiBiase. It was a good match. It didn't take it to the next level for me. Um, but the whole thing about this whole tournament is because of Ted DiBiase. You know what I mean? Uh, again, mm-hmm. and it goes back to why the million dollar belt was created. All of this ties in together. You can't get the belt yourself. You know, he tried to buy it from Andre, which I'm hoping we're going to be talking about in a little bit uh, in one of your next couple picks here. And if not, I'll, I'll definitely be bringing it up in the honorable mentions. This tournament was because he tried to buy the world title. And, and yeah. you know, and they fucked over Hogan to get it. Like, you know, and, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But uh, this was a well-booked tournament. And he paid Andre off to take Hogan out of the tournament because that was his biggest threat in the tournament, you know? There's a reason why there was a double disqualification, which gave Ted DiBiase the buy so he could be more well-rested to go into it, right? Macho Man has to work four exactly. or five times to win the belt, so he's tired. Which which was a great 100%. story. A great... Yeah, this, this yeah. was a well-booked tournament. I, I, you know, a lot of people shit on WrestleMania 4. I look back on it very fondly, and that's because of my age, and this is just a, chi- a fond childhood memory of mine for sure. Yeah, I don't know why people shit on four. I mean, I mean, go watch two if you want to shit and I, on something. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know this referee's name. And and Mike, you might you'll know who I'm talking about. He refereed Ted DiBiase's first match against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And this guy just always looks so pissed off and mad. Do you know the guy I'm talking about? <laughs> he has I can the most picture him. I don't know his name. Of all time. Uh, I'm going to reach out to, to Jimmy Corderas. I have a, a small connection with Jimmy Corderas. I want to try to reach out and see if he can tell me more about this guy one day. But yeah, go out of your way to find this guy. He's fucking hilarious. He looks like a, he looks like a, a dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. funny. So this brings me to my number two, which would be the... Friendship slash feud with Virgil. I'm glad you brought this up. And and and, and by friendship, I mean yeah. ownership. This, this story was about fucking slavery, well, man. <laughs> like a little bit. Uh, this, you know, Virgil was a rib on Dusty Rhodes, right? Well, his name was. Virgil, yeah, Vir- that's that's kind of just, just, just as. Uh, when he went over to so so this both both times was fucking this was Bobby the Brain Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan came up with the name Virgil to take a shot yeah. at, at Dusty, and then Virgil went over to WCW where Bobby ha- Bob Bobby was already over there, and he needed to change his name, so Bobby said change your name to Vince. That's absolutely hilarious. As a right? shot, as a shot at Vince McMahon, both times. It was a Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, 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 idea. Man, yeah. I'll tell you though, Virgil Vir- was fucking over at this time. Now, if you're if you're a, a young fan today, you probably only know Virgil from you know the memes and as that weird lonely guy at the fucking wrestling convention that nobody and wants from to talk his to. Great cameo uh, in the Chris Jericho championship video in <laughs> AEW. Holy yes. shit! I was gonna... <laughs> And from also being known yeah, as meat sauce. That meat sauce, baby. Um, 
but uh he's a he he's probably the second weirdest guy I have on the internet story. second only to yes, marty Gennetti. i have one day we're gonna have fucking top seven weirdest fucking things that marty Gennetti has put on the internet bump up to 10 for that one poor marty we're <laughs> shitting on marty so bad today the guy was a hell of a worker no 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 i will never stop shitting on marty i once had an entire show of the lasting mark where all we talked about was marty trying to fuck his daughter (laughs) yeah i know it's a weird thread it's a weird thing marty's a weird thing can i i I gotta tell my virgil story though i'm i'm pulling it back in i'm demartying this situation um so my a, a friend of mine used to work um at a place that uh, a couple of wrestling promoters owned. It was like a, a sub place. I can't remember. Jelly Bee, Jelly Bee Subs or something. Doesn't matter. Um, but the, the Mega Boys owned it and they handled Virgil, right? So Virgil. If it doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter, can we call it Meat, so- we'll meat, call sauce, it meat subs? sauce Subs? Absolutely. Um, but but like, these guys, <laughs> like wrestlers would always come into this guy's store because uh, the Iron Sheik is handled by these guys, Virgil's handled by these guys. So Virgil came into their store, and my buddy knows I'm a huge wrestling uh, fan. So he, I so, sorry, sorry to cut you off once again. Are these the same guys? Are the are these the two guys that run Sheik's? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Jan Twitter and Cage, the twins. They, yeah, 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 and they, and they made that yeah, documentary made and everything. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay. Oh. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't know they owned There's a Jelly, Jelly shop. Buster, Okay. Cool. Actually, what's the name? Jelly Buster. Uh, it's like a sub company. My buddy worked with them very shortly, um, and they'd bring in wrestlers. You know, Virgil was in there, and he said Virgil just looked like a crackhead, like you know, like all weird and stuff. But he knew that I was a big wrestling fan, so he got very. He asked Virgil if he can get an autograph for me. Virgil charged him money, of course, and then my buddy got him to make me a a hello video, which he texted me. I'm gonna to try to play it on our Facebook if I can if I can dig it off of my laptop, but it's basically Virgil going, "Hey Tyler, nice to meet you." Even though he's not talking to me directly, he's sending me a video message. Yeah. He goes, "I hope that you're relaxing, having a good time, and maybe you're getting on top of a woman or something like that." Cheers, man! <laughs> it's the most random video. I will do my best to post it uh, on our Facebook page. I will do my best. Oh, okay. Please, because you are much more eloquent than I am when it comes to the storytelling, and you re- and your memory is far better than mine. Please tell our give give our our fan our listeners a background of of the Virgil Which story. Which one? The Vir- Well, well, well. We, before we get into the breakup, we need to talk about. Oh, well, sorry. You know, we're, we're going back to, to WWE. <laughs> I thought there's so many Virgil stories. I didn't know where to go. Oh. Uh, the, the, I mean, the so, Virgil so story. Virgil was the, the bodyguard of the Million Dollar Man, essentially. Uh, slave bodyguard. There's a lot of gray area there. We're going to call him bodyguard. Uh, yeah, we're going to call him bodyguard for the sake of the show. Um, and, yeah. and he he was the guy that handled all the money. DiBiase would throw him in to take the bumps and stuff. Um, and, you know, as the years went on, in storyline-wise, Virgil was getting um, sick of the abuse. And I know that your number one isn't going to be this feud, so let's talk about it a little bit. But they got into a feud with Dusty and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, this is a yes. rookie Dustin Rhodes as well. This is his first real big break um, where he was sitting in the front row on a Saturday night's main event 
watching his dad fight mm-hmm. and million dollar man starts paying everybody in the front row to leave and Dustin couldn't be bought and they laid him out led to a great tag match at Royal Rumble 91 uh, Dusty and Dustin win the match no oh, no sorry Ted DiBiase wins the match no thanks to Virgil who he's been belittling the whole time you know and yeah you were nothing without me your shit blah 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 and Virgil finally snapshot and he picked up he picked up the million dollar belt smoked DiBiase in the face with it the crowd went absolutely insane for this and that, that started the feud yes. with, with DiBiase and Virgil it went into a Wrestlemania 7 match that they had uh, very smartly the WWF paired Virgil up with Rowdy Piper Rowdy Piper was Virgil's guy you know um, you know he put Virgil yep. over strong and it, it cemented Virgil as the real deal uh, dude it worked it worked for me because you know I'm a and, Rowdy fan that made me as a 10 as, as year old kid that made right, me, me a Virgil fan uh, and then yeah. they went into the, they had a great match at SummerSlam 91 of that year in Madison Square Garden where Virgil did win the million dollar title. And I'm telling you, I know we talk, everyone, Virgil takes a lot of shit. Uh, people make fun of him, the memes, the meat sauce, the, you know, getting on top of your girls videos. This guy, this guy <laughs> was over, Mike. Virgil was over. The crowd was going crazy for him at this time. He had a great run with the million dollar belt. Um, this was a great feud. This was a great storyline with them in general. And then, do you remember years later, uh, they would actually bring him back briefly he, to work they, with they Ted They brought Jr. him back at a Raw in Toronto that I was at. He only lasted two weeks. Uh, but I yeah. thought it was cool, man. Virgil, you know, say what you want, and everyone likes to, to make fun of Virgil. Uh, and... Oh, he, he's easy and, to make fun of, but if you want to go back to 1991 and hear those pops, that listen, motherfucker got a At pop. Survivor Series of that year, he was on a team with the British Bulldog, with Bret Hart, and with Rowdy fucking Piper. He was over enough yeah. to be on that team. So, you know, you got to tip your hat, man. The guy, Virgil, had a hell of a run. Yeah, you're damn right. And, uh, and he doesn't get that run without having that good long uh, story well, Ted, with Ted, Ted got first. him over, right? Virgil didn't say fuck all. That was a good yeah. thing too because his promos weren't very oh, good. Oh no, his big catchphrase was because I'm too legit to quit, and then nails would beat the fuck out of him, or Giant Gonzalez would drop him on his face. Which all he was doing was repeating a line from a from a very popular MC Hammer Absolutely, song from that right? year. That being said. Virgil's theme music was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I, I remember liking it. Yeah. So, so were those striped oh, yeah, pants he wore. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was that was when he wasn't over anymore. They had Once big, he put big, the pants on, he was a jobber. They had they had big oh, pockets. God. They had big pockets oh, from the meat sauce. meat sauce. Follow Virgil on Twitter, guys. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter, uh, but if you're like, here's my only advice to anybody: follow him on Twitter. Follow him from a distance. If you see this man at a wrestling Run. conference or a convention, fucking stay away and, and hide your money because he will sniff it out. Oh, he'll charge you 150. I, what I what I love. Is he'll use signs at his table, say like, like making people think yeah, that Ted DiBiase yeah. is going to be there, 
knowing full well that he's so it's not. It's funny too because <laughs> the picture that my buddy got me autographed was him and Ted DiBiase. Which years later I did get Ted to sign as well. So look at me go. Oh, right on. There you go. All right. So um, shall we dive into my number one yeah, and then your honorable mentions, or what do you want to do this week? That I, anything that I think that we might have missed out on, we can we can kind of go over at the end here. Um, people aren't stupid. They know my number one is very easy. I think we men- we may have mentioned it nine or ten times already. Did you know Ted DiBiase once bought the WWF what a championship? Great angle this was. This was the highest <laughs> highest rated match How? in uh, North American history, I believe. I don't know if that record has been broken or not since then. Um, maybe have to reach out to a friend of the show, Adam, for that one. Uh, but Hogan and Andre was the the highest viewed television match for a long time, maybe even still to this day. Maybe maybe even time. still to this yeah. day. Um, you know, I think it might have just got broken recently. I don't know why that's in my head, but I feel like it's recently been broken. Either way, uh, this was a the WrestleMania three rematch. We discussed a while back how important uh, the WrestleMania three moment was, uh, but people don't seem to realize it didn't end there. Oh, no. You know what I mean? That story, that story, that story doesn't end with that slam. You know, there's so much more after that, and it keeps going for a full fucking year. year That's that story feed that story feeds in to everything that leads into WrestleMania four. You don't get you don't get the savage getting the title at four without Hogan slamming Andre. If you want to backtrack, if you want to backtrack even further than that. What was the main event of the first ever Survivor Series, Mike? Team Andre against Team Hogan. And that was oh. built as Andre the Giant's first match since WrestleMania. Right? That's right. So you got, right. you're, yeah. you're building a brand new pay-per-view concept off of this. Then you get, so now, you know, and Andre got the win at that Survivor Series. So you're 1-1 now, right? Hogan won at Mania. Andre got the upper hand at Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh, and now, and here you are. You're going yep. on. Uh, prime time television, right on the main event, and, and you've got Hogan and Andre for the belt, and, and what a what a clever and creative finish to this match. Yeah, um, number one. Before I, I want you to describe the finish to the ma- of, of the match, because like I said, you're more eloquent with your uh, memory and your words. But uh, when you describe these matches, but. How big of a deal was it that this was going down on the main event? Like this happened on NBC, not on closed circuit TV, not on you know what I mean. You weren't paying, you weren't paying the big bucks. You you got to stay home and watch it on mm-hmm. NBC. You got to see, you got to see the uh, the hottest baby face in the fucking world, Hulk Hogan, defend and lose his championship. To one of the most hated men in the world at the moment, being, being Andre the Giant, and and I like that they kept no secrets about it because they did the promos leading up to this, where Andre said, "If you know he wants to buy the belt, I'm going to give it to him," and he did. Um, and you know, yep. let's talk yep. about the match a little bit. Obviously, it wasn't a, a clinical masterpiece, but you know, it didn't need to be. The crowd, the crowd was there where it needed to be. Uh, these guys didn't have to go out there and have a five star classic because they were larger than life. 
No, they were there for the they were there for the story. Um, you know, they were there for the story. They 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 were already cashed in because of WrestleMania three. So, so then you have Andre you know? doing the little headlock suplex to Hogan and taking him over on top of him. One, two. Hogan puts his shoulder up. Referee counts three. Well, what the heck? Hogan clearly kicked out. It wasn't, you know, and the camera was right there to pick it up. Vince McMahon's losing his mind. Jesse mm-hmm. Ventura, you know, no, he didn't kick out, whatever. Hogan's yelling at the referee. While this is going on, Andre is putting the belt around the million-dollar man. All of a sudden, the second referee comes out. And you've got the Hebner twins in there. This was the debut mm-hmm. of Earl Hebner in the company. So, uh, I was just about to say, not only do we get one of the greatest storylines ever, we get the debut of quite possibly the greatest referee in the history of the business. So Earl was in the NWA at the time. His brother Dave was in the WWF. And, and, you know. A lot of people don't realize that Dave came first, eh? You know, because, because Earl would become much more famous. But Earl was also the senior referee for a long time before he got famous Absolutely. for the things he got famous for. Um, you know, now, you know, so, so when you think of referees, you think of Earl, you don't think of Dave, you think of Earl. So it's funny to think that Dave was actually, Earl, Earl was, was the there. evil twin. I guess that stuck through until <laughs> you know? 1997, right? Um, but yeah, the thing about that too well. is now you've got this great visual. You've got two referees in the ring that look the exact same and Hogan's got both of them, you know, what the yeah. fuck's going on here? Finally, Earl punches Dave, so Hogan knows he's the bad one. And I don't know if you remember, but Hogan picks up Earl Hebner over his head and just fucking launches him. And he Andre was supposed to catch him. Hogan threw him over Andre's head. Earl fucked yeah. his ankle up pretty bad on it. Like he got <laughs> he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. And then it gets revealed yeah. later on that the million dollar man paid for some random person to get cosmetic surgery to look exactly like Dave Hebner. And that's the story. Line. Exactly. Now, was there ever an explanation later on, like when Earl Hebner came in and became a full-time referee, were they like, yeah, we fucking lied. That wasn't a dude. That, I think they I mean? just took Dave Like, like he's actually Dave's brother. Because like, like, Dave became an agent, yeah. right? But then, like you said, from that's this right, moment, that's now right. let's take a look at a big domino effect, right? So you've got this yeah. moment, which leads to WrestleMania yeah. four, right? which leads to Macho Man winning the belt. And then this feud carries on into the inaugural SummerSlam, which I do have on one of my honorable mentions, where the Mega Bucks face the Mega Powers in the main event of the very first ever SummerSlam. So, you know, uh, you don't get much bigger than that. So if you think about it, this feud started at WrestleMania 3 and ended at SummerSlam 1988. Yep. And that's all the million dollar man. He was the top heel at the time. He was the top heel in the company, and and he was the yeah, well, exactly. He was holding it up, yeah, for sure. Um, I think you got a pretty good list going there, man. Well, 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 th- well. Let's talk about the moment, though. Let's talk about like that moment where he he fi- he buys that belt, and then and then the the aftermath of that. So anybody who doesn't know, anybody who didn't watch back then. Did Teddy Biasi get to keep that belt? It was on house. I don't remember that. But he he was he 
Oh, okay. I did. I was just saying. I, I want to no say against Tito Santana, but the law. Oh, okay. The short the short story is no, he didn't get to keep it. They said you were not allowed to buy titles, and that's why he was stripped of the title, and that's why it was vacant when it yes, went into he, a tournament later did, on. He did two house shows, I believe, where where he came out and was announced as the world champion before he was stripped of it. Believe. Man, that, that title had a rough go those couple years because it was only like a year later that yeah. it would get stripped again, right? After uh, what, what, uh, yeah, that in was Texas? Too, right? Was that, yeah, exactly. So it was only a year later, or wasn't it? What year was that? Yeah, yeah, sorry. It was a couple so D- years later. DBRC, I just pulled it up here. DBRC was in fact billed as the WWF World Heavyweight Champion in three house shows defending the title against Bam Bam Bigelow. He only defended the title once against Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Against Bam Bam. If, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to go and have a good uh, good match for your first uh, d- uh, first and only title defense... Man, Bam Bam is the man to do it, man. Back at this time, he was so quick. Yeah, was Bam Bam working was, face? That's when he was with Oliver Humperdinck. He must have been it. Time. Yeah. Yeah, that really oh, like yeah. sexy saxophone music as his entrance. We're we're we're, we're gonna have to talk. We're gonna have to talk in long yeah, term with Bam like Bam one well. day. Bam Bam doesn't get the love he deserves, and that's one of those guys where I think if you go back, and... I I truly. Think Bam Bam is the greatest. I big can't. Man maybe of all time. maybe Vader does it for me, and Taker obviously. But I think that could be a good list to do one day too. The best big guy. The big. I just think it's just you'd have to break down the criteria. Like when I think of Taker, and I know people consider him consider him one of the greatest big men. I look at him and I'm like, yeah, he's fucking yeah, tall. He's like seven, almost seven foot. You know what man. I mean? He's like six eleven. I know, but when I think of a big man, I think of Bam Bam. I think of fucking. So I think of Mabel. Then. You know what I mean? Well, not necessarily fat, but fucking big. I I I wouldn't no, call Bam Bam fat. Not to his fucking no, not, not to his fucking face, anyways. And he's been not. dead for fifteen years. And I still I still won't talk shit about him because I'm afraid he'll get up and All right, fucking I want to hear some feedback from everybody on this one. What's your What's your definition of a big man? Mike doesn't think the Undertaker's a big man. He thinks he's tall. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just. I need criteria. What What makes? I think you got to be over you know, height and weight. Because if you, because if you're, because if you're five foot, if you're five foot, but you're three hundred yeah. pounds, are you a big you're man? A big boy, you're a super. You're a super heavyweight. Eh, I don't know. I think. I think you have to be. I think you have to be both big okay, and tall. Who, who's a better super heavyweight, Vader or Crash Holly? Absolutely, best super heavyweight of all time. We just finished a list. We just finished a list right there. Thank you. There, there, there you go. All right. Speaking of finish up the list here, I got a couple. I got a couple. That's no I got a couple. Fun Let's do some honorable mentions. Talking about the million dollar man in holes. So I'm going with his theme song, man. His theme song is fucking awesome and a great part of the million dollar man. Uh, the laugh, the you know, the lyrics, the it just suits him perfectly. It's a dickhead theme song for a dickhead, you know. I mean, a few weeks ago we uh, we talked about our favorite theme songs of a certain seven. era. It was yeah, my number was... one. No, sorry, it was my number two. It was my number uh, two. That's... 
second only some other yeah. uh, some other ones I got here is um, he had a pretty pretty good little angle that goes under the radar with Hercules where Bobby Heenan um, tried to sell Hercules to the million dollar man to be a slave and Hercules told him to fuck off he turned face right um, yeah that one wasn't there I like the promo for it it was a good face turn for Hercules. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to he revisit it. He also was part of the boss man turning face, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, the million dollar corporation. Let's talk about that for a little bit. You know, he, he ran it. All right, I, I, I have, I have four honorable mentions myself, and the million yeah, dollar corporation they, is one. Underrated yeah. kind of faction. They, they were the lead faction for about a year and a half in that company, right? He made certain guys. Well, you want to talk about Bam Bam Bigelow? Man, they're fitting real good there. Uh, you know, other guys that I think were going to get lost in the shuffle and then were made to look great because they were with with Ted. Um, first guy that comes to Nikolai mind, Nikita Koloff. Or, sorry, so, I was Nikolai Volkov. To him too, and he made him dress like a fucking dickhead wearing those property of the million dollar man tied. <laughs> It's the it's the fucking it's it's the C, the fucking uh yep. sense symbols yep. that fucking do it for me. You know, million dollar man's got the fucking dollar symbols on him, so they put the fucking sense symbols on Nikolai. It was fucking what do you gorgeous. Think about the time that he bought Sweet Sapphire away from the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. That so you beat me to it. That was uh, really you close to be my number that seven. Feud. Ah, that's a really great kickoff, that feud. That whole that whole feud with Dusty was great, uh, uh, but 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 uh, getting getting Sapphire over there that was a heartbreaking yeah, moment man, as a kid, sad. man. Because Sapphire, Sapphire, you know, you know, she Fucking that was Dusty's it, girl. Man. You know, you 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 never think she's gonna leave Dusty, and then uh, you know, growing up, I, I think I realized I think she might be. Uh, you know, mentally oh, disabled was, or something. She was something. But uh, she was something different. But uh, you know, I, I think she needed the money for 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 for, for, for something or other. Awesome. Um, she, uh, yeah, no, she, she, she was. It was a hell of a character. I think that's the kind of character that wouldn't have gone over so no, well later but on. Got her over, man. But being. Being that time, like what was that? Nineteen ninety. Yeah, she, she, she came in eighty nine, ninety one. Around that time frame. Okay, so it's exactly what Dusty needed. Dusty didn't need a diamond doll, or a baby doll, or a sensational Sherry, or a Miss Elizabeth. That wasn't Dusty. That's not what Dusty needed. You know what Dusty needed? Dusty. Dusty was the common man. Dusty needed a common woman. I don't know. That was was another rib for Dusty for sure. Well, no, I'm saying if I'm saying if you're gonna put something with Dusty, that's what you do. I don't think Dusty needed her at all. Um, at best, she was a good novelty gimmick. They should have done it for a few weeks and dropped it. It was fun. And the crowd liked it. They danced, they got over. Yeah. Exactly. However, when she left Dusty, I remember being a kid. Just my, oh, I, was, I was just like, I "What the so fuck just Dusty. happened?" I was, I was, I loved because I loved. Him as a kid. <laughs> and, and why? And, and why does Ted DiBiase keep buying black people? 
<laughs> Nobody is stopping this man from such, buying black people. It's, it's fucking, Something else that he did buy recently, weird. though, was the 24 7 <laughs> title, which I have on here as well. And then the last, great the last point I have love is that I got to give some love to Money Inc., man. Him and the IRS were a hell of a tag team. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they had some great fucking moments. I, I look back uh, at s- some of their like, like I can't I can't pull any of them. I, I oh, them and the Steiner right brothers, man. They all had so many solid matches. The unfortunate thing for for me personally is the matches that I remember first are the yeah, matches Beef you don't want to remember, like like Beefcake and Hogan or their SummerSlam match with Nashville uh, you know, which wasn't even supposed See, to. What I would happen. have liked to have seen would have been um, at WrestleMania nine instead of them fighting Beefcake and Hogan to have them in the Steiners fight. But, yeah, you no, know, it's a higher profile Hogan's return. I get it, and DiBiase and IRS were the top heel team. Like it all makes sense, but the Steiners and I and and Money Inc. never like they had a great feud, but they never got to showcase it a lot. It was always on house shows or televised. It was never on pay per view. I think that's too bad. Yeah, uh, and yeah. on a sidebar, I, I used to I used to my always love when uh, ever anyone would step on IRS's tie and Bobby Heenan and would go, "Oh my God, he's stepping on his tongue." I thought that was great. I always love that too. Anybody who hasn't seen the picture, I re- very recently, I'll put it up again. Uh, I put up a picture that was taken uh, back in my WrestleMedia days when I was podcasting under the WrestleMedia banner that me and my old partner, Danny, we, we did a, a photo shoot. Uh, it was a great, like, like, like no expenses spared. Uh, Adam Cotant, uh hired a, uh, a, a professional photographer to come in and, and we, we borrowed a, uh, a, a wrestling ring from, from a, a promotion, a local promotion in North Bay um, and got pictures taken with and around that ring. And uh, we all dressed up like wrestlers in, in this photo shoot. And uh, Danny and I, who were podcast partners, we decided to, we, we said we should have coinciding uh, uh, costumes. We, we, we should match. So we went as Money Inc. He he was uh, he was the million dollar man, and I was our IRS. Uh, good times. I, I'll share that picture again. Yeah, absolutely. Post that because I know you posted that in like one of the the group discussion. Or post. It was like yeah, a comment. Post, post yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, picture, I'll post it right really on your wall. You got anything else you want to put in there before um, we wrap the, up the million dollar man? I have I have one I have one last honorable mention that you didn't mention, and that is. The fact that the million dollar dream is one of the greatest finishes of all time, Uh, especially one of the the best like sleeper holes. What a what a great move that is, and 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 it was feared and it was believable. You know the way Ted put that move on, you believed it. It looked like he was going to put that motherfucker out, and he was able. And Ted was so good sometimes that he could snap it on you so quick, and it put everyone out. And he passed, yeah. And he passed that along to his son too. Is his his son's career was way yeah. too fucking short, way too fucking short. Um, I remember thinking back in the days of Legacy. I remember thinking that Ted Junior was going to be the fucking breakout star from did. that group. The one, you the know? one good thing about the Million Dollar Dream too is when he woke yeah. up from it, you had a nice handle in your mouth. Yeah, sure enough. 
and, and you just you know back then you didn't have to worry about that hundo having COVID-19 <laughs> oh fuck see look Mike here we are we were all worried that we weren't going to have much to talk about the million dollar man we're an hour 20 minutes <laughs> we're, we're doing another Broadway. fucking Broadway let's bring it home man uh, what are we doing for next week all right all right so we discussed this earlier a little bit uh you check out that uh the first episode of the last ride the the, the second best documentary? documentary i've been watching next to the last dance the michael jordan story oh my god okay off air you and i gotta talk about that fucking last I need dance. A vacation, how good man. is that i need a vacation Jesus i really Christ. hope just real oh. quick since this does relate to wrestling i really hope in the next episode they get into dennis robin leaving practice to go to monday nitro yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, ta- we'll talk about that when we're, we're practicing our Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Such a good fucking uh, documentary. But The Last Ride, very just as fucking good. Uh, I was very impressed with the first episode. Um, can't wait for next Sunday for, for the next episode. So with The Undertaker in mind, let's, uh, let, let, let's jump on that ride. And uh, let's give you... The top seven Undertaker storylines. Right. So like feud storylines. So so not not necessarily feuds, not necessarily matches, but storylines. So that it can, that obviously can can include uh, feuds or uh, feuds and, and matches, but it's got to be all tied together. All right. in well, just to let you guys know, it's a no brainer that number one is obviously his storyline with the Giant Gonzalez. I don't even know why we're doing this. Oh, no. so you know what? To be fair, let's do the let, let's do a top seven uh, best storylines that aren't Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> right, just, just to make it just, fair you know, for everybody, it's, it's, it's just not fine. fair. Good, good. Just, just like just like a few years ago, another another great list show that uh, is no more. Um, uh, we great have name. till five. Great name. Um. Andrew Kent and Adam Contant once did a show, uh, a show where they did uh, the top uh, the top five uh, managers of all time, but they called it the top five managers whose name isn't Bra- uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan because <laughs> it's just not a right. fucking fair show. That's you know fair. what I mean? Um, all right. Yeah. So next week we'll be talking about the Undertaker and his greatest uh, storylines. Hit us up, guys. Oh, go ahead, Mike. So- what do we want people to do on well, our social Twitter, media? Dude? We got Instagram, both at Counted Out with the number seven behind it. Facebook is with Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. If you're from Ireland, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what's up. Uh, big fans over there. Go Conor McGregor. Um, unless you guys hate him and fuck him. Hey, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I, yeah, I fucking uh, hate he, that he's, he's got to get oh. in there again and start fighting. Another topic for another time. Also, guys, we are going to start uh, yeah. doing a little bit more work putting together the Howard Finkel Memorial Trivia Tournament. Um, we started to reach out to the Finkel, uh, the Finkel Cup. Um, we started to reach out to a Cup. couple of people. Um, if you're interested, hit us up on Facebook. I'm not going to come chasing you guys, but if you think that you got what it takes, um, hit us up. And, and Mike and I are... We're not too many spots left, what man. Are we not too I've many got, spots I've got left. Two guys confirmed right now. You got two guys confirmed, plus you, because you're we'll going to be in the tournament. That, all right. You're going to be in the fucking tournament. I'm telling you, you're going to be in the if tournament. If I am in the tournament, guys, uh, I have nothing to do with planning any of the questions. This is Mike's baby. Oh no, this is this, this is, is Mike. This baby. is all on I'm, me, baby. I'm, this is all on me. 
And this is this is why this is why Tyler has to be in the fucking tournament. This is my way to finally Fair. stump you Tyler. Haven't done it yet? It's been eleven episodes. If I'm not, I need I need to stump you, and I need to stump the other encyclopedia, fucking Adam Conta. I need to have both you guys on my uh, on a fucking trivia show where I can fucking finally find a goddamn question. Well, we're working on it. Don't sleep too. We got uh, Jay from last week said he's going to join us for the tournament. And I got a friend of the show, dog. Daryl's also going to be joining us and don't sleep on him. He's uh, he knows his shit. So we're, we're filling up some spots. I I just need to, I just need to know about his name. He's the man. He he knows his shit. So he's got he's going to be one of, uh, one of the favorites to win this thing for sure. (laughs) <laughs> fucking Tyler's picking up homeless people for the fucking for the uh, fucking dog, tournament. Dog patch, Darryl, Darryl and I had a great time over the SummerSlam weekend. Uh, we we also were uh, we met Ron Simmons together a couple months ago. Great guy. Uh, can't wait to have him on the tournament. We will keep giving you guys more information, but we want to hear. Reach out if you want in on this. We got about what three or four spots left. Yeah, uh, at All least right, two so, or three. Yeah, so hit us up. So let us know, shit, man. Uh, uh, tell us about uh, what you think about today's show. Let us know uh, if we missed anything on our Techie Beyonce list. You know, uh, if there's something we forgot, let us know. Let us know your favorite Undertaker story, uh, storylines. Uh, maybe there's something that uh, you're going to mention that Tyler didn't fucking remember. Uh, he's not fucking perfect. At least I hope he's not because I need to stump him in this black tournament show. Um, Hit us up on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Leave us five uh, stars. We need some reviews there. Um, you know, yeah. just keep supporting us. We appreciate it. Keep listening. We're going to start uh, expanding to uh, where we're going to be uh, opening up a YouTube channel soon. Uh, you're going to hit us everywhere, man. We're, we're, you're going to start seeing us. Um, at some point, too, uh, we forgot to uh, take a break for our sponsor, but we do have a sponsor. We're, we're going to shove him yeah, in somewhere go around right here. At, right at the top of the show. Uh, we're hear him. Oh, so you already heard him. Fucking go check that guy out. He, he, he's, good, he's good he people. Uh, so until uh, until next time, on behalf of Tyler and behalf of the millions.